0: Hello, I'm Noelle Lim on ASEAN Speaks by Maybank Investment Banking Group. Our analysts discuss the implications of the US Treasury yield curve inverting and our strategies in response to news flow that continue to add uncertainties to the markets, rising inflation, timing of interest rate hikes and the Russian-Ukraine war. Chua Hakbin, Regional Co-Head of Macro Research, moderates the call.
1: Hey, hi, good morning. Quick recap last week. The MSCI Global Index rose about 0.4%. and um, the US, S&P and Dow was largely flat. While the tech, heavy NASDAQ rose 0.7% a week. The Europe's uh, stocks index rose 1.1% on hopes of a Ukraine-Russia deal. Uh, In Asia, MSCI Asia Pacific X Japan rose 1.7% a week. That's driven largely by a 3% recovery in the Hang Seng Index. I think there are hopes that um, China is going to allow the US auditors um, full access to um, the books of the dual-listed Chinese firms. Japan's Nikkei was one of the worst-performing, however, falling 1.7%. Coupled with a weaker yen. The strong US jobs and non fund payroll growth of 451,000 jobs suggest that the Fed will likely hike a more aggressive basis point at the next meeting in early May. The unemployment rate fell to 3.6% in March, but that's the lowest since the pandemic. A sell off in a shorter dated US government debt gathered pace after the jobs data, extending the losses that culminated in a worst quarter for the Treasuries on record. The major talking point last week is the inversion of the yield curve for the two tens, and whether this is signaling an impending U.S. recession. The two-year rose uh, sharply by nineteen bips to two point four percent, two point four six percent now higher than the ten-year, which fell nine bips to two point three eight. We'll have uh, Winston joining later to talk about what the inverted yield curve means. All prices fell sharply last week, with Brent crude falling thirteen point five percent to one hundred and four. The U.S. is releasing 180 million barrels of crude from its strategic petroleum reserve, by far the largest ever released. The six-month drawdown will however lead the world's biggest emergency, stocks, emergency stockpile at its lowest level since 1984. The, the Biden administration is also pressing U.S. producers to pump more by imposing levies on those not drilling where they have licenses on federal land. Note that OPEC Plus uh, last week, Decided to stick with their more cautious schedule of increasing oil reserves at a modest pace of about 400,000 a day, uh, snubbing appeals from Biden to accelerate supply. On the developments on the Russia war and sanctions, the UN, The EU states have rejected Russia's demands that payment for its natural gas be paid in rubles. There are worries that Russia may cut off supplies to European countries that have imposed sanctions. Germany is especially at risk, as about half the natural gas comes from Russia and cutting it off would plunge Europe's largest economy into a recession. Another key data point last week was the eurozone inflation, which jumped to a record 7.5% in March because of higher energy and food prices. This is a big increase from the 5.9% in February and well above the 6.6% forecast. The rise in inflation is prompting some of the central bank policymakers to call for bringing forward of the schedule for ending net asset purchases, which is currently scheduled in September, and to raise interest rates earlier for the first time in a decade. I think markets are now pricing in at 0.63 percentage points rate rise by the ECB before the end of the year. Uh, just a quick update on sort of global PMI numbers that came out last week. Uh, Euro PMI 56.5, uh, still in the expansion territory, but that's the 14-month low. Um, the PMIs for Taiwan, Thailand, South Korea, Vietnam all slowed. Uh, Malaysia is actually below 50. And of course, China manufacturing PMI fell into contraction territory for 8.1%. Uh, suggesting the impact of the, you know, lockdowns are pretty severe. Uh, this week, I think the you know, eyes will be focused on whether Russia will default on the 2 billion debt payment, actually due today. Uh, Australia central bank uh, meeting on Tuesday. Uh, we'll be looking out for the U.S. factory orders, uh, U.S. ISM non-manufacturing data. And I think markets will be uh, focusing on the U.S. 4MC minutes on, on Thursday for clues on what the Fed might do next. Uh, Watch out as well for the China Kaixin Services PMI. That's due on um, Tuesday after the the official PMI showed a contraction for both manufacturing and services. Note that the China Kaixin PMI also fell to 48.1. Today, we have Saimi on Bank Nagara's economic and monetary review. Desmond on Bank Nagara's financial stability review. Winston on the inverted yield curve and um, his latest views on the bond market after the historical sell-off. Anand on the latest ASEAN equity strategy, Saktiandi on revisions to his FX forecast in light of the rising risk premium from the Ukraine war, Jue and Rami on Niger's macro and banks, and Brian and Hui on Vietnam's first quarter GDP and market strategy. So let's kick off first with uh, Suhaimi. Think Bank Negara released the economic monetary policy uh, review. What are the main highlights and big changes in their forecast?
2: Hi, morning Habin, morning everyone. Um... Bank Negara's economic and monetary review provides an update to official micro forecast after the earlier budget 2022 projections made in late October uh, last year. So overall for this year, Bank Negara uh, still expect a faster real GDP growth of 5.3% to 6.3% range uh, compared with last year's actual growth of 3.1%. But this is a slight downward revision from a previous official real GDP growth forecast of 5.5 to uh, 6.5%. The marginal downgrade in growth forecast for this year reflects some downside from Russia-Ukraine war on global economic growth, which BNM now sees expanding by a range of 38 to 4.3%, lower than the previous 4.9% forecast for global economic growth. But... Limiting the downside revision in the headline growth include this uh, favourable effect on services, activities and consumer spending from economic opening that has been in progress since fourth quarter last year and include the full opening of international borders last Friday. And uh, there is also the targeted policy support uh, to boost consumer spending like the fourth round of um, EPF uh, withdrawals. So because of this, for example, BNM sees private consumption growth of 9% this year, uh, upward revision from previous 7.3% growth, uh, certainly a big bump up from uh, last year's growth of just uh, uh, 1.9%. And um, BNM also expect high commodity prices this year. Uh, They are looking at crude oil price to average $100 to $120 per barrel versus the previous official forecast of $67 per barrel. Uh, on CPO prices, they are looking at a hefty 6,200 to 6,600 ringgit per ton compared with the previous uh, expectation of just 3,400 ringgit per ton. So this translates into sizable upward revisions in gross export forecast to almost 11% from a previous forecast of just 1.6% and also a bigger current account surplus of between 4.2% and 4.7% of GDP this year, uh, as opposed to the previous forecast of uh, 3.4% of GDP current account surplus. One last thing to highlight is on inflation. Uh, BNM expect this year's inflation rate to be between 2.2% and 3.2% compared with the previous forecast of 2.1%. Uh, core inflation uh, is expected uh, to be higher as well, at between 2 to 3% compared with last year's uh, rate of just 0.7%, signalling broadening inflationary pressure in the economy. Uh, still, to note the key assumption to the inflation forecast here is the existing fuel price subsidies remain in place uh, throughout this year.
1: So, Swamy, so, I mean, any change to our bank around policy rate projections?
2: Um, I think Bank Negara stated that monetary policy for this year, I think at least uh, first and foremost is about continue supporting a sustainable economic recovery. I think in its uh, economic and monetary review report, they state that interest rate is not the best tool to deal with what is, uh, at this point of time, a largely cost-push inflation as per the surge in commodity prices due to the geopolitical factors and prolonged supply-related disruptions, which Bank Negara's opinion is better addressed with price administration and supply-side measures. Uh, However, Bank Negara acknowledge uh, they have to strike a balance between the need for continued monetary policy support to sustain recovery and the risk of keeping uh, the low interest rate environment for too long that could lead to the emergence of a financial imbalance. So I think Overall, uh, the signal from Venegara is monetary policy tightening or normalization will happen, but uh, adjustment will be gradual and measured. Uh, because of this, we are still betting on just a single 25 basis point hike to 2% this year in fourth quarter, but for 2023, we are now penciling in a total of 100 basis point hike to 3% versus our previous forecast of 50 basis point hike to 2.5%. So I think uh, the change in our OPR view, especially for next year, is to reflect catch up on monetary policy normalization as we factor in the outlook of a more aggressive interest rate hikes by uh, U.S.
3: federal reserves.
1: Okay, thanks, Toimee. Uh, Desmond, what are the main takeaways from Bank Negara's financial stability review and where are the main concerns of uh, risk?
4: Right, morning. So essentially, the FSR confirmed that businesses are beginning to see a recovery from lockdowns last year, especially with the opening up of the economy, and that the banking system remains uh, pretty resilient at this point in time. But Bank Negara does highlight that the economic recovery is uneven, and a few sectors continue to warrant more monitoring. These include the hotel industry, which was hit uh, by the travel restrictions and lockdowns, and the commercial real estate sector, where there is um, a growing oversupply issue. On top of that, there is the issue of the household debt to GDP ratio of 89%, which is one of the highest in the region itself. So Bank Nagara does also sound out the risk that domestic bond use may experience further upside pressure, um, particularly amidst uh, monetary policy normalization in the US, which could lead to outflows from emerging market economies such as Malaysia. It also highlights the risk of an expected pickup in deposit competition. But the thing to note is that both of these devo- developments would not surprise, and for which we have already factored into our forecast this year,
1: actually. So, are you still positive on the banking sector recovery for this year? And have Malaysian banks generally performed well in past aggressive Fed rate hike cycles and rising inflation episodes?
5: Well,
4: I'm cautiously optimistic of the sector recovery this year particularly with the opening of the economy. But the operating environment environment is nevertheless still uh, challenging, particularly amid uh, inflationary pressures, which I think would dampen consumer demand and deposit competition could lead to narrow margins. And there is also the fact that further market market losses from rising bond yields may actually crimp earnings. Also bear in mind, there is Chuk- Chukai Makmo, which will eat into profits this year. I'm actually more positive on the outlook into 2023 because firstly, margins could uh, uh, be a lot better amidst more aggressive rate hikes. Secondly, credit costs are expected to come in lower as asset quality stabilizes. And of course, there is like the absence of Chukai Makmo. So overall, I expect cumulative net earnings for the banks in my coverage to Um, expand 18% in 2023, from a slight contraction of 1% this year. In terms of the interest rates itself, essentially, Bank Nicaragua has proven itself to be quite independent of the Federal Reserve when it comes to policy direction, and we expect it to be no different this time. Um, As Tsunami has pointed out, it's only looking at one rate hike this year, 100 basis points expansion next year, that could be overall positive for banks' earnings and margins. And so, you know, this should be supportive of price movements on bank stocks this year.
1: Okay, thanks Desmond. Uh, Winston, the inverted uh, US Treasury curve, I think inverted last week, the two years, ten years. So what are we to make of this inversion and what's been the impact so far on the Malaysian bond market?
3: Hi, morning Habin. Yeah, the other parts of the curve actually inverted a couple of weeks ago, and now, this two ten, uh, the most significant part, significant part of the treasury curve has inverted. Um, has been our concern. I think we spoke about this a couple of times before, and now it has become a reality. Uh, as we know, the two year yield is largely a function of the U.S. interest rate outlook over the next one to two years. So, higher Fed funds rate, higher two year yield. But the the thing is, for the ten year, it actually reflects the long term rates expectation and also the cyclicality of the economic cycle. So that's why coming to um, Malaysia bonds, um, over the past one to two weeks, because of the US rates sell-off, the MGS yields have been rising. And at one point, the 10-year MGS actually crossed uh, 4%. But uh, going ahead, um, the curve inversion will actually um, have important implication in terms of how we see the market for one. If you look at the BNM rate normalization, it is facing the U.S. curve inversion as, as we know um, what um, does it mean by the inverted uh, U curve. So BNM should be able to raise interest rate, but from a bond positioning perspective, I will have some reservation in terms of how high the OPR uh, can go and can they continue hiking in the next one or two years if, let's say, the U.S. economy face significant headwinds. So that's why coming to bond positionings, um, I think currently the market position is actually not heavy. Year-to-date return for bonds is uh, negative 1.5%. I think a positive return this year is still achievable and we actually recommend investors to extend duration as a hedge against the risk of a shorter economic cycle.
1: So with the recent bond market sell-off, you are raising your outlook on both MGS and US Treasuries to mildly bullish from neutral. So, what's the reason for the upgrade? And remind us again on your revised forecast for the the MGS and UST ten-year uh, bond yields.
3: Yeah, uh, we are mildly bullish on both MGS and US Treasury. It's been a long time actually. Uh, we have had we have not had a positive outlook on, on bonds. Uh, I think being positive on bonds currently is probably a non-consensus view. Uh, we are aware of the challenges, inflationary environment, and aggressive uh, US uh, rate tightening, but how we form our bond market outlook doesn't rely entirely on what the Fed intends to do. It is also about what has been priced in and what we think it will play out eventually. So on one hand, if you look at the market pricing has been pretty hawkish. We already had a 25 bit high in March and between now and the year end, the market has priced in another 200 bips of uh, Fed funds rate increase. So the Fed's current priority clearly is to contain the price pressure But the question is the extent to which growth will slow after aggressive rate tightening. And if we look at the US financial conditions, it has actually tightened quite meaningfully, even though it's still uh, accommodative. So coming to our forecast, uh, the 10-year US yield, um, we are looking at 2% by the end of this year. And the 10-year MGS, 3.65% by the end of this year.
1: Okay, thanks, Winston. Anand, in your latest ASEAN strategy report, what are the main themes and uh, highlights? Any fallout and impact so far on the markets from the Ukraine war and rising energy prices?
6: Yeah, hi, good morning, Hagman. and good morning, everyone. Uh,
1: actually, the markets were uh, having
6: a bit more of a positive bias over the last two weeks uh, as compared to early March when they were already treading water uh, on growth concerns and inflation concerns. I mean, over the last two weeks, we've seen continued inflows uh, of foreign inflows into the region. I think uh, some of this is probably linked to switching out of uh, bonds. So some, some asset class uh, switching going on there as well from bonds into equities uh, as Winston has flagged. Uh, but also, I, I think uh, investors in ASEAN have been uh, sort of supported or have gained confidence from fairly resilient global markets uh, and also continuing you know, reopening news flow uh, across the region. So plenty of news flow to sort of uh, calm uh, investors uh, vis-a-vis the uh, continuing issues in uh, Russia, Ukraine, uh, you know, nonetheless, you know, the, the impacts are real and we continue to adjust our uh, positioning within markets uh, for uh, the fallout from Russia, Ukraine. Uh, and in Thailand, you know, we've flagged uh, a weaker macro outlook, which is feeding into the market. So, uh, you know, this time around, we've cut the property sector to neutral um, and cut uh, FPTTB to uh, sell uh, as a result. Uh, and for indonesian banks as rami will explain in more detail a bit later in this call uh, we have upgraded uh, one or two banks uh, but you know we have also downgraded BBRI to to hold as well so some adjustments continue to go on
1: so any other key additions or deletions from your top buy or sell list yeah we continue to, uh,
6: to expand our coverage so in the philippines you know we've initiated coverage on uh, consumer proxy uh, dnlpm uh, and that joins our coverage with a buy rating. So in the Philippines, we are, you know, we have a, a wide breadth of consumer stocks. Many of them are reopening place, and the Philippines is a relative laggard when it comes to reopening news flow. So for investors, that might be a place to look for uh, laggard consumer stocks which have yet to, to react to a broader reopening. Uh, so DNLPM we add to that list, uh, and in Singapore, uh, you know, we've uh, continued to expand our sort of fintech uh, exposure by initiating coverage on Grab US. Uh, or grab a US, uh, yeah, uh, with a buy rating as well.
1: Okay, thanks, Anand Satyandi. In your FX monthly report, pricing and the risk premium, what are the main uh, themes and uh,
7: highlights? Uh, morning, been everyone. Um, yeah, so the main thing, I uh, main uh, sort of theme is still on the ongoing war in Ukraine persisting for longer, is one, and then uh, we're accounting for the Fed's recent hawkish shift, uh, but it. The main thing that has emerged would be the increasing downside risk to growth with the uh, persistence in the war in Ukraine. Uh, The continuing supply chain pressures are pricing in, uh, elevated prices as well, elevated energy prices and inflationary pressures abroad. Uh, And the Fed turning hawkish as as, as I mentioned earlier. But overarching view uh, in our team in terms of FX still continues to call for dollar nearing its peak uh, underpinned by... uh, some of the uh, view of the hawkish fair expectations somewhat already priced in. And also the dollar sensitivity to yield moves tend to weaken during uh, epi- current episodes of yield curve uh, flattening, especially after what Vincent shared earlier just now. So those are the key things, uh, Harbin.
1: Any big changes to the forecast for euro, CNY and ASEAN currencies?
7: Yeah, there are some changes, particularly uh, in those currencies that you mentioned. Euro, there has been some revisions. We have actually revised the euro weaker. Um, on the back of the whatever factors I've shared earlier but on top of that, stagflation fears and also the French election uncertain, uh, uncertainty risks and also the ECB Fed policy divergence. Uh, however, uh, we expect Euro to actually consolidate and recover potentially in, in the coming weeks uh, uh, on the back of potentially if there's some recovery and also some developments out of the Ukraine war. If it happens, it could swing actually quite fast. So that's one, uh, we're actually revising RMB as well, slightly higher, but not so significant. But on the ASEAN front, um, we are revising ringgit uh, slightly weaker, uh, not slightly, but significantly weaker to 4.20 by about 5 cents up for the quarter, second quarter, ending the year also by 5 cents up uh, towards 4.15 to price those some of the concerns in and uh, rupiah as well. We are revising it slightly weaker as well to 14,250 and ending there about 1,400 from the 14,000 that we had before. Uh, thai baht as well. Um, uh, we are actually revising it slightly higher as well. Uh, peso will remain unchanged. Hard win. Uh,
1: just quickly, because the, the Japanese yen was the worst performer last month. Um, I guess why and will the con- weakness um, continue?
7: Yes, it, it is continue. It saw an exponential surge in March. The pair rose from 115 to a higher 125. Uh, and indeed, the yen's uh, haven characteristics actually appeals relative to what dollar actually faced. But my, our view is, I think, um, in some ways, I think the market saw a rush to dollars. I think concerns on the potential supply of uh, oil. But other factors such as Davish Bank of Japan signaling as well as high energy import burden and the bullish Nikkei uh, actually, and uh, bouts of short covering dollar yen actually contributed to dollar yen's recent search. But towards the end of March, those signs of progress in the Russia-Ukraine talks, if it materialized more positively, and, comp- and I think if it comes with a moderation of all prices, it could actually blunt dollar yen's momentum. So our view, uh, we think there's potentially a 125 koroda line. I think koroda made a comment in 2015 um, defending the yen around the 125 mark. I think that could be a key resistance to watch. On net, we look for some relative stabilization in the UST-JGB differentials. In second quarter, um, and also for broad dollar strength to see some near term resilience, um, potentially could lead dollar yen to remain elevated in elevated range around this uh, one twenty 120 to one twenty five range uh, in our view for in, in the near term.
1: Okay, thanks, Andy. Uh, let's bring in uh, Jui Indonesia. Uh, so I think inflation is picking up, and you raised your inflation forecast. What's driving prices higher, and is the risk still towards the upside?
0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, So, Indonesia's March inflation rose to near two-year highs. Headline CPI came in at 2.6%, cost CPI at 2.4%. And this was mainly driven by food costs, uh, which accelerated to a 15-month high of 3.6%. Part of the reasons why food costs are surging is because in mid-March, the government announced that it will remove price caps for packaged cooking oil, uh, causing prices to jump to around 24%. Four thousand rupiah per liter uh, from about fifteen thousand rupiah per liter a year ago, and the trade ministry has also identified four imported staple foods, including wheat, sugar, beef, and soybean, which have seen sharp year-on-year increases due to rising global commodity prices and supply chain disruptions because of the Russia-Ukraine war. Uh, Last week, state-owned Pertamina finally raised the price of its unsubsidized high-grade fuel, known as Pertamax. Which accounts for thirteen percent of total gasoline consumption, uh, the hike was substantial at thirty-eight percent to uh, twelve thousand five hundred rupiah uh, per liter from the previous nine thousand rupiah per liter. Uh, but prices have been left unchanged for the most widely used fuels, which are petalite and premium. We hence raise our average inflation fo- headline inflation forecast to three point seven percent from three point two to account for the increase in uh, fuel prices, as well as the higher than expected food prices due to the Russia-Ukraine war. We expect food prices to pick up in the coming months, given that uh, the Ramadan and idol victory holidays will see stronger demand after uh, two years of tight pandemic restrictions. And also note that the VAT was also hyped to 11% from 10% starting 1st of April.
1: So, Julie, what's your call on how Bank Indonesia res- will respond?
0: We maintain our view that uh, Bank Indonesia will deliver three rate hikes totaling 75 bits this year. Uh, I'm expecting the first hike to uh, to kick in in the second quarter. Now revised inflation forecast implies that headline inflation will stay within BI's target range of two to 4% this year. Uh, and, and that's really because the more commonly used fuel like Petalite and premium have been kept unchanged. However, BI may have to be more aggressive if the Fed tightens faster than expected or if inflation picks up more strongly uh, due to prolonged disruptions to the food and oil supply chain.
1: Okay, thanks, Joe uh, Let's bring in Rami. So Rami, in your report on Indonesian banks, you argue that the uh, banks are recovering, earnings are starting to reflect this positive turn, but markets are not fully pricing in this earnings recovery. Um, so I guess why... the why, why the positivity and how much have the bank shares rallied so far and will the momentum continue?
0: Okay. Um,
8: good morning, Hak and Good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, so far the, for the Indonesian banks under our coverage, the uh, share price has rallied around 11% <laughs> year to date. But we do think that uh, we see drivers that, uh, that will uh, push, uh, that will maintain this rally uh, going forward for selective banks. And uh, mainly the driver we think uh, should come from a stronger loan demand because we have started to see a uh, pickup in demand, especially in the working capital and investment lending. And these two are the um, for, in, for working capital loans is around 47% of uh, total uh, banking loan portfolio. and the investment uh, is around 27%. So those are the main driver for, for lending uh, for Indo banks. And in terms of uh, the funding side, we see no issue because the liquidity uh, in the banking sector, um, we see ample ample liquidity with LDR of of around 80% only. And this has taken, we have taken into account um, the the fact that uh, we should see an increase in the reserve requirement. And we have also taken into account a GAs estimate of the increase of benchmark rates uh, about seventy five basis point for this year. So, um, with because of the, the ample liquidity, we think uh, there shouldn't be uh, an aggressive increase uh, in in lending rates, and this will this will maintain uh, the demand. And okay. most importantly, I think what the market has not priced in is the potential um, recovery in the loan quality, which gives the banks room to further cut their credit costs.
1: So what, what are your
8: topics? Our topics for the sector is uh, Bank Mandiri, uh, BBNI, and also BGBR. Um We upgraded BBRI to hold from South and also upgraded BDMN from, uh, from hold to Buy because of the valuation, but our topic is the first three, Mandiri, Vienna and BGBI.
1: Great, thanks Rami. Thank you. Uh, Brian, so I think Vietnam is the first to report first quarter GDP, which came in at about 5% in line with your forecast. You are, however, cutting your growth forecast for the year. So what are the main reasons for your growth downgrade?
5: Yeah, Hi, I've been. Hi, everyone. Uh, yes, I've downgraded um, growth for the year from 6.7% to 5.8% on the following factors. Uh, first, Vietnam will be hit by collateral damage from the Russia-Ukraine war in three main areas, trade, tourism, and commodity prices. Exports to Russia will be indirectly impacted by Western sanctions, while exports to the EU are at risk given the prospect of a broader Europe slowdown. A prolonged war will dampen Europe-Asia travel, impacting aviation and tourism receipts. Rising commodity prices will eat into firms' profits and reduce discretionary consumer spending. Second, the COVID-19 outbreak and lockdowns in China are likely to result in considerable supply-side disruptions to Vietnam manufacturing production, given its heavy reliance on intermediate inputs from China. The outbreak will also weigh on China's growth, which would in turn dampen demand for Vietnamese exports.
1: So Brian, what's your inflation forecast and what's the likelihood that inflation will exceed the central bank's 4% inflation target in the coming quarters?
5: My forecast is for headline inflation to rise to an annual average of 4% in 2022 from 1.8% last year on the back of significant global commodity price pressures. Although government measures like the halving of the environmental protection tax rate on fuel will help cap the pass-through to domestic fuel and food prices. My base case is that headline inflation will exceed 4% from the second quarter and remain elevated through the rest of the year.
1: Thanks, Brian. Uh, Let's bring in Hui, our Vietnam strategist. So... I think Vietnam has been one of best performing markets uh, since the start of last year. So will inflation and rising energy prices uh, or the Ukraine-Russian conflict derail this market rally? Uh,
9: Good morning, Harvey and everyone. Uh, Well, uh, I don't think uh, Ukraine uh, will impact the market uh, significantly. Uh, Inflation is a bigger concern and it has the market uh, sideways in the past two months. But again, we think the inflation is manageable. At uh, 4% on average this year. And uh, Vietnam actually experienced uh, higher inflation levels uh, in a couple of times in the past 10 years. And the economy still grew 6 uh, to 7% by them steadily. So we believe the current inflation situation will not uh, disrupt uh, the uh, economic recovery and the uh, rally of the stock market.
1: So Kui, what are the sectors and stocks uh, that will continue to recover and be more resilient to the inflation pressures?
9: Uh, well, to cope with the higher inflation, we think uh, Seaport, IT, chemicals, beverage and real estate can withstand we a well, uh, higher inflationary environment because of their high profit machine and positive net cash position. Uh, but because we still believe in the uh, uh, economic, re- economic recovery of Vietnam this year. So we expect cyclical sectors, including retailing, materials, banks, and real estate to be the best performers this year. Um, for stock pick, we pick uh, MWC, uh, number one retailer, SPC, the largest steel maker, TCP, VCP, the leading banks, uh, VHM, VRE, the largest real estate developers um, are in our top 10 picks uh, for this year.
1: Great. Thanks, we. Uh, that's all we have today. Uh, have a good week ahead.
0: Get the research reports from Market Insights on the Maybank Trade app or contact your trading rep or our sales desk. Also follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Have a good week ahead. I'm Noel Lim on Asia Speaks by Maybank Investment Banking.